Welcome to another episode of SparkCast. I'm Sean, and with us today we have... Thomas. Charlie. Okay, and 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 uh, uh, host fail, rebooting brain. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> welcome to this episode. We actually have a interesting one today because we are going to listen to an audio cassette that we've discovered recently of a book we reviewed 20-some episodes ago. And it is called Battle Cybertron. And I, I guess, how did you come across this cassette? The the, the website I go to uh, to get a lot of the scans, Camp Camp or Camp Oratory or Camp Oratory, however it's pronounced. There's no C A M P H O R tree. Camphor. Okay, it's camphor. Yeah. Ah, uh, what is that? Um, it's a really fragrant leaf. Uh, sometimes you can uh. use it for flavoring and foods. Right, he's gonna hate me now. I've been pronouncing it wrong it. for forty episodes now. So they make a medicine out of it called camphophenique. Uh, <laughs> he had all these links to hosting, for like I guess in the early two thousands, mid two thousands. All of these links of all these photo scans that have been missing now for a decade, and he was able actually to get them and now share him and them himself on the website. So he just found a lot of older stuff he was able to get back on the site now since the older sites he linked to were down and found a few other things in the process. And I think this was one of them. Okay. And so cool. now we have this audio cassette. In fact, his website now just has a ton more Transformers stuff now on it. And so it's pretty cool because now a lot of this stuff is like back and hey, that helps us because now we have more <laughs> content for the podcast and Sean doesn't have to photo scan everything in like he did for the two episodes from now episode. But we'll right. get to that when we get there. So Charlie, are you excited to listen to a audio cassette of Transformers? Oh hell yeah. Audio cassette? What are you talking about? We have those now? Well this has been transferred into an MP3 by the magic you know, of technology. You know this is 2020, right? Audio yeah? tapes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I remember my old computer had the hookups available so I could hook up a cassette tape or a record player to it and record the cassettes and records in real time if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I should have done that with some of my cassette tapes because I did have like like six or seven looks with different ones. But I never thought that was, I thought I was like, eh, whatever, I don't need to do that. And I'm like, probably like, oh, they're probably stored everywhere online, right? And I just, you know, wasn't thinking. I plan to do that. I have a few rare things. Now, if I want to do that, I have to find someone online, ship it to them. You know, they'll record it for me and then email me the MP3 and then send me the tape back. But I'm just like, oh, so much. You know. There's some ways you can probably do it with traditional analog equipment, but lossy. You know, it's going to be. Actually, I had a Sony Vio back in 2004 when I first went to grad school. So it had the the TV hookups into it because it was supposed to be an entertainment system. But I also use that nice. for my camera when I made videos. Of course, I had to record the videos in real time before I could edit them because these were mini cassettes. So, so glad That's I don't have to do scary. that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> also, anyway, enough about that. So who's here for some Transformers? So are you guys all ready to listen? Yes. Sign yeah, me up. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. This is your Transformers read-along book. Every time you hear this sound, it means it's time to turn the page in your storybook. Now, if you're ready, 
We'll begin. The battle for Don't forget to turn the page every time you hear the sound. <laughs> Japanese school A bell? terrible war between good and evil raged on the planet Cybertron. But this was no ordinary war, and the fighters were not ordinary men. In fact, they were robots. <gasps> the people of were nearly destroyed by the evil and powerful Decepticons. The Decepticons planned to rule Cybertron and then make war upon the entire universe. But the Autobots fought back. They too were mighty warriors and they battled bravely. They refused to give up. A thousand years. Okay. Hold on. Is that clicking from the tape? That was recording to this MP3. I think it's just from okay. the tape. Okay, it sounded like someone's web browser, and I was like, "Wait, I think that's the cassette try yeah, struggling it's the to cassette. play." <laughs> okay, hold on, <laughs> back back to it. Went by, but the terrible war continued. The damage had become so great that Cybertron was shaken loose from its orbit. It was now hurtling through space, out of control. Soon, it would be smashed to pieces. Optimus Prime, the largest, strongest, and wisest of all the Autobots, wanted to save their world. Who will go with me out into space? He asked the Autobots. I'll go! The smallest of the Autobots cried out. For a little one, Bumblebee. You show great courage, laughed their leader. Then he turned to the others and challenged. Who else among you is as brave as Bumblebee and will join me? Take me, yelled Jazz. I'll go, called out Prowl. And then all the others shouted that they wanted to go too. When all was ready, the Autobots yeah, soared away go. from Cybertron to clear a path for their planet through the asteroid belt. But they were not alone. A Decepticon warship was lurking in ambush and attacked. The Decepticons chased them across a million miles of space until they were close enough to beam a landing party aboard the Autobot ship. The Autobots were in trouble. Optimus Prime quickly set the controls of the ship so that their vessel would crash at full speed into the sun's third planet, Earth. The ear-shattering sound of the Autobot ship smashing into the Earth sent the mighty dinosaurs running in terror. Then, all was quiet for the next four million years. The eruption of a volcano finally awakened the Ark, the Autobot ship's computer. The Ark studied the surface of the Earth. When it picked up the familiar whirr of machinery, its lights glowed bright with joy. Now, I'll go right to work, repairing the crew. It decided. But the Ark was too damaged to realize the difference between the Autobots and Decepticons inside the ship. And it began changing the shape of every robot on board. It rebuilt them to look like the machinery it detected on Earth. As part of the repair work, the Ark gave the robots the ability to transform themselves back into their original robot shapes. The first to be assembled by the Ark were the Decepticons. And even after four million years, they still remembered their main goal, 
destroy the Autobots. Sparklug and his son Spike were looking at the damage done by the volcano when they suddenly stopped dead in their tracks. Dad, look at that! Spike cried, pointing down into a deep crater. What they saw were jet planes flying out of a strange, battered spaceship. The jets landed on the far side of the crater and transformed themselves into huge, frightening robots. Hide behind that boulder, Sparkplug said, pushing his son towards safety. Hold on one second. I just forgot. Uh, Charlie, since you haven't seen this before, you actually haven't seen the art for it. Oh, okay. The link is right there under... So go under bot spam and hit the link, and that will lead you right to the scans of the book. Okay. And it gives you the scans of the book with the text next to it if you want to read along, too, to learn some... This English. looks really familiar. Like, I've seen this before. It looks I don't like think I painted... had this as a kid, but it looks very familiar. The art is very yeah. familiar. Like the part where they're riding the Jeep, that looks like I've seen that before. I was visualizing all this very vividly just from them describing it. Like the jets emerging from the, the spacecraft. They don't have to draw okay. that. Yeah. So do you want me to, want me to continue? Yes. Okay. Safety. It doesn't take a genius to know that something weird is going on here. While Sparkplug and Spike watched, the Decepticons gathered in battle formation and aimed their combined firepower on the ship with the Autobots still inside. But as they were about to fire, the Ark sensed the danger. Better put up the defense shield. It said to itself. When the blast was deflected, the Ark blinked its lights and sighed. That was just in time. The Decepticon leader, Megatron, angrily turned to the others and scowled. Our power levels are too low. We must search out new sources of fuel on this planet. Then we'll come back and crush the Autobots! Hey, whoever they are, they're leaving, Sparkplug said. That'll give us a chance to take a look at that big blinking contraption they tried to blow up. Come on. Uh, you think that's a good idea, Dad? Spike said hesitantly. You ever see a machine I didn't understand? Sparkplug demanded. Oh, I didn't get the name Sparkplug for nothing, boy. Come on, it's time you had a little adventure. A little adventure? Spike cried. With what we just saw? Are you kidding? As they came up to the Autobot ship, a little yellow Volkswagen rolled down to meet them. Look out! Yelled Sparkplug as he grabbed his son and pulled him out of the way. There's nobody driving that thing! The little VW stopped immediately. What are you? It asked in a thin, squeaky voice. Sparkplug looked around for the voice. It's the car, Dad. Spike said. It's talking to us. Realizing Spike was right, Sparkplug explained, We're humans. What are you? I'm an Autobot. My code name is Bumblebee. Will you help us? Bumblebee explained about the Autobots and the Decepticons. We saw those Decepticons, said Spike. They turned from jets into robots, and then they tried to zap your ship. They didn't look too friendly. You're right, said Bumblebee. And their attack damaged the Ark. Our ship's brain! We're in desperate need of help! You're talking to the right man, said Sparkplug. Let's get at it! 
Sparkplug had never seen machines like these before, but he fiddled with them until the wreckage of the Autobots formed into a fleet of cars and trucks. Optimus Prime gave the signal, and suddenly Sparkplug and Spike were surrounded by gigantic robots. One Jeep, though, didn't take part in the transformation. Optimus Prime said, That's Hound. We need him to ride out over this rough ground. We have to find a source of power or we'll never survive on your world. Hey, if you're looking for power, suggested Sparkplug, you won't have to go far. We're sitting right next to a volcano. You can tap into that underground power. We better get home, Dad, Spike said. You are our friends, said Optimus Prime simply. Hound, take them home. On the way home, just outside their city of Kimball, they spotted the Decepticons swooping down into a nuclear power plant. A second later, the lights in Kimball went out. The Decepticons had drained all the power. Hound knew he should get back to warn the other Autobots. Spike sensed Hound's problem. I think I need just a little more adventure today, he said. Hear that, Hound? said Sparkplug. That means you better turn around and race back to base. And hurry. Hound zoomed like a race car over miles of bumpy hills. There wasn't much time. The Decepticons would soon be finished with the nuclear power plant, and then they'd head straight for the Autobots. But they made it. Hound gave his warning to the others, and then Optimus Prime announced their strategy. We must use the element of surprise, he said. The Decepticons don't know what form we've taken. Let them come here and attack, but we won't be here. The Ark will defend the ship. We'll draw them into a trap where they least expect us. He turned to Bumblebee and ordered, You take Sparkplug and Spike and keep them out of danger. If any of the Decepticons try to outmaneuver us, warn us by flashing your headlights three times. Yes, sir! Now, said Optimus, let's go. The Autobots formed a long convoy and rolled out of the mountains and down into the desert darkness. Wow, so dramatic. Later that night, the Decepticons attacked the empty Autobot ship. The Ark's shields were up and at full strength. The force of the Decepticon blasts bounced off and did no damage. Megatron just had to know if he'd been fooled into attacking an empty position. He turned and called out, Soundwave, come here. Tune in the inside of the ship. Tell me if the Autobots are hiding inside. Soundwave quickly turned into his earthly form and probed the Autobot vessel. Only the ship's brain is there. He reported as the lights twinkled on board. And it's laughing at us. We'll see who laughs last. Megatron growled. They're trying to outsmart us, but they won't. We'll split up. Half will circle north to south, the other half south to north. And well. then, when we find them, we'll have them trapped between us. Uh, As the east sun west. rose over the desert, the Autobot convoy spotted the Decepticons. But the jets screaming toward them from the south only saw a long line of cars down below. Let me at him! The red Porsche codenamed Cliffjumper shouted. Wait for my signal, ordered Optimus Prime. 
soon, the Jets would be right on top of them. Hold on. Now! The line of cars suddenly transformed itself into massive Autobot robots with their weapons aimed up into the sky. Fire! Came the command. The Decepticons were completely fooled. We've got them this time! Shouted the Autobots. But Optimus Prime wasn't so sure. This seemed too easy. And it worried him. From half a mile away, Bumblebee, Sparkplug, and Spike watched the battle. Oh, no! cried Bumblebee. They're coming from the other direction, too! Give the signal, said Sparkplug. Bumblebee blinked his headlights three times, over and over. I don't think they see it, Spike said in a shaky voice. Sparkplug slapped his forehead. You're right! The sun is right behind us, and it must be blinding them. Spike looked up at his father and said, I'm about to have more adventure, right? Just a little, his father teased. <laughs> okay, let's go, Bumblebee. Bumblebee, Sparkplug, and Spike got there with their warning with just seconds to spare. Optimus ordered his troops to form a circle, and a moment later, the battle exploded over the entire desert sky. The Decepticons were at full force. And it was Starscream, firing his Null Ray rifle, who did the most damage. He struck Optimus Prime, short-circuiting him. With their leader out of action, the Autobots started to panic. The Decepticons surged forward, sensing victory. Meanwhile, Sparkplug <laughs> was digging inside Optimus Prime's body and doing some very fast tinkering. Suddenly, Optimus snapped back on as good as new. The Autobots took heart from the return of their leader, and the tide of battle turned. The Decepticons had had enough. Besides, their fuel was running low again. Megatron picked himself up off the desert floor and signaled the retreat. We'll meet again, Autobots! He bellowed. And the next time, we'll blast you into junk! The Autobots had won. Finally, Optimus quieted their cheering and said, We have had a great victory today, but it was possible only because of the help of our friends, Sparkplug and Spike. Earth must be a wonderful place if it holds such fine humans as these. We must vow to protect this planet from the Decepticons, just as if it were our beloved home, Cybertron. As far as we're concerned, said Sparkplug, Earth is your home. You're our kind of machines. Right, Spike? Right. Yeah. This is like the southern accent I give him when I read his lines. <laughs> like, no joke, that's how I read Sparkplug as this, like, really deep southerner. All right, that was it. It just ended. Like... Like, no, no music at the end. But it was possible. The pictures are great. Special ding to close the book. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, we've listened to, I think, four other audio cassettes on this podcast, Charlie, and two of them from, were from the UK. And they have this giant 30 second intro and outro that plays this just background music going, and then, like, just kind of like mellow. Yeah. And it's like, then it just starts talking randomly. Wow. But the okay. production values. In the, in the UK ones we listed were nothing compared to this one. It was yeah. just one guy talking, 
doing all the voices. Like, I don't even remember if there were special effects or sound effects. <laughs> it was just one guy having to voice like eight different Transformers. And he was just like, he had just checked out of the narrator area and was like only put focusing on making the Autobots sound decent. I was getting mad that this one didn't have like kind of bumpers that a lot of these tapes would have like at the beginning and end. Like um, mm-hmm. normally they would play like a little track of music and like that would be at the beginning and the end of the story. Um, but they didn't really do that. They were like playing the music through the story and then they like kind of, you know, just... Yeah, like sometimes they'll play the theme song. Like I remember I had the DuckTales one and it played the entire theme song before it even began playing the audio cassette book. That sounds yeah. good. I mean, that makes it kind of feel like it's part of the show. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't That's know how many thing. Yeah, I don't know how many other audio cassettes did that because all the other ones we've listened to did not do something like that. I had um well there's Ewoks that was it um Scooby Doo, it had a really trippy psychedelic thing at the beginning. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. It was crazy. And they also played at the end again. But that's it's just like so memorable. I remember that one just because it started up like that. <laughs> yeah. I just remember I, I, I had the He Man She Ra movie condensed into an audio cassette, and they played the song for the movie in the middle of the tape as an intermission before you. It's either before oh, you flip it over or when you flip it over before the second side starts. They just play the whole song uh, that was made for that movie. Cool. Um, like, I Have the Power, like, that Power Ballad, or whatever it's called. I can't remember the theme song for Human Energy wrong or on that, but it would just have that. It's like a whole audio cassette of, like, 30 minutes condensing the five episodes. <laughs> so what did you guys think of this one? Like, I actually thought this had the highest quality of any of the ones we've listened to so far. I think it's pretty good. Uh, it, I would have liked it as a kid, for sure. Mm-hmm. There were lots of sound effects, and they like even at the beginning, they're like, battle for Cybertron, and they use this really weird like audio effect to make it sound like a robot. <laughs> the same with like Teletran 1. Well, he's not labeled that here. He's just the computer. They're just trying to Teletron's make these- voice. What's that? Is it the Megatron voice was pretty good? I, I oh. like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually my least favorite voice, actually, to me. I, it wasn't <laughs> exactly like the the Megatron, you know, on the TV series, but it was it was close enough. You know what I mean? Like if they they get it most of the way there, then yeah, I'm convinced. Because the only other voices are Bumblebee and. Optimus Prime for Transformers. And I thought both of those were good. And then there's Sparkplug and Spike, who actually thought they were really good at acting, those two. Does that really sound like Bumblebee, though? I didn't really think it sounded like him. It kind of... It it sounds like they got the... like, inflection of how he talks. Oh, okay. Like, kind of thing. I thought it was close. It was close. Okay, yeah. What do you think of the human voices? Thomas. Spike sounded fine. It sounded like what a Spike would sound like. Sparkplug, I don't know what was going on with Sparkplug. Sparkplug was... <laughs> it's a completely different take. Yeah. yeah. He was actually really good. I thought he was like the best actor, even though he somehow turned into a thicker accent the last two pages. Yeah, that wasn't the Sparkplug I remember, but it was a good enough Sparkplug to be convincing, you know. 
That narrator, geez, he was just reading everything so over dramatically. Oh wait, wait, who, who pronounces robots? Robots, robots. And not just dinosaurs, but dinosaurs, right? Or they say dinosaurs or differently. They said that differently too. That. Where where would you come from? Robots. Robots are. That's actually how they were pronounced in the fifties and the forties. I think. Yeah, exactly. It's like before people knew what robots were, or the. This is like the older people that said it that way, working in the industry. So that's how they think it is now, and so they continue to use their old view of how it was spoken. <laughs> I mean, that is kind of weird, though. That he calls it he, like he can't help but say robot, but does it call him Autobot or anything like that? Autobots. I mean, they're bots. Autobots. <laughs> he, he can clearly <laughs> call them bots. Robots. Why can't they just it's, be robots? It's like, it's like he's saying <laughs> Sears Robook you know, or something. <laughs> robots. Yeah. Sears Robooks. It's funny listening to that narrator just because he's so, he makes everything sound as serious and dramatic as possible for like every line, like going into that desert darkness. Like it's supposed to be so dramatic, just driving through <laughs> that desert. It's like, oh yeah, feel that drama. He sounds like he's perfect for the Ewoks, and he might even be on the Ewoks one. I have to go back and listen to it, but mm-hmm. that's that's the perfect um, Ewoks narrator for sure. <laughs> the problem with a lot of these is they don't have credits, so when you look for things like that, mm-hmm. normally the TF Wiki site is really good for if something has been found about. It, and they're the only like way you can sometimes even find credits uh, to begin with. This could be all just generic Hasbro teams, like Hasbro employees, like you know, doing. Although all they voices. seem too good like to be to be just normal employees. Because <laughs> they well, not just employees, but you know, I got their own like recording stuff for like Jim and everything else. I'm just like wondering if they use the same studio over and over for everything, like. Mm-hmm. Same voices would be on the gym tapes and on the um, GI Joe stuff, or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Make all the secondary um, uh, merchandise. And I sorry, I sorry. I thought I, I thought the art was familiar again. Maybe we brought this up before, but he definitely did the He-Man storybooks. I did uh, that I had as a kid. Oh, okay. Speaking of the art, the fourth uh, fourth drawing. Is really funny. The one where um, Optimus is a um, semi truck, but I think it's trying to show him transforming. But it looks like there's just a milk explosion. Like there's like a tanker of milk, and it just went boom, you know, on the back of it. And <laughs> yeah, they just look at it. it just doesn't look like okay, transformation. Explosion. I have to see. Oh, it's supposed to be. I see. It's supposed to be like the electric la- uh, a power of the computer turning him into Optimus, from Optimus into a truck. See, the, the bottom is his legs. So that's where he's it's Autobot. Totally yeah. A milk explosion. <laughs> and the front is his vehicle mode. So it's like. Look, okay. at, the, look at the splatters. It's just like. Uh, uh, yeah, I oh. guess it can look like a little liquidy that, like that. <laughs> but. Uh, like all those, dang it, all the milk that was carried in the semi truck just burst because I had to turn into a robot now. <laughs> I'm surprised that wasn't mentioned as part of his uh, superlatives that the narrator was giving him. 
when he, when yeah. he first introduced Optimus, he was like, he was the largest, the strongest, and the wisest of all the Autobots. He's not the milkiest. <laughs> but it, it, I thought that was that line on itself was just kind of just funny. It was like, Optimus is everything. It's like, why the other the other Autobots are just useless? Which doesn't even make sense in the first place. Because why is he? He can't be. I I don't know. I would call Optimus the wisest of the Autobots. Mm-hmm. Did he? Uh, Premiest. Yeah. What did you think of the art, Charlie? I like the art. It's just. Um, I mean, it's kind of like someone took this to a very literal extreme. Like, but. Like, it has to show everything. Like, okay, we can't just draw dinosaurs fleeing and a little... No, we gotta show, like, the ship actually crashing on the mountainside and the dinosaurs fleeing at the same time. And gotta show the jets just bursting out of this crashed aircraft with a spike in his dad hiding behind a rock. And, you know, it's just like... Mm -hmm. It drew every detail of every scene. Which (laughs) is overkill, but it's it's cool at the same time. <laughs> I just wonder if they, he was told to do that. Like, draw everything. Draw everything in this this description. Of what's going on? My favorite picture has to be like where Spike, Spark Plug, are like Plug. standing there, like gate jawed with all the robots around. Them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because in the script, it's like. Um, so, so do you know? Uh, since you watched nearly the entire first season, can you name all those now? <laughs> no. Oh, me? I, I haven't watched the entire first season. But, well, you, um, you watched mo- almost most of it when I remember you said I, before you recorded the one with us before. I think it was on like episode 10 or maybe beyond, but I yeah, I can't say I remember them now. I've already forgotten. <laughs> I know <laughs> the main one still, Bumblebee and Optimus Prime and, you know, I know some of the names, Jazz and Prowl, but I can't tell you which ones are Jazz and Prowl. I just have to hear them talk. <laughs> oh, wow, I mean, I wouldn't even be able to, I don't think I would be able to put together the voices. Yeah, they, they might not even have the same voices all the time, so maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I think I could probably few... point out Ironhide, Wheeljack. Oh yeah, Wheeljack. Mm-hmm. Bumblebee... Uh, no, I guess I don't know. Bumblebee has a voice, I don't know what it is. The guy who's the Porsche. What's that guy's name? Um, uh, I don't know. Something. Cliff Jump or something? <laughs> I can't remember. Cliff Jumper, yeah. Uh, don't bring that up around Thomas. I should have warned you about that. Oh. He's completely forgettable. It's, yeah. Yeah. No, no, uh, <laughs> no, because you realize that Cliff Jumper said, let me at him. And Optimus actually had to tell him to wait. You're right. Because he's an idiot. That's why. He's always jumping into battle, and sometimes he listens to Optimus, but most of the time he doesn't. Well, he's a Porsche. He's a, he's an asshole, obviously. So that's that's expected. I mean, mm-hmm. that's perfect. <laughs> oh my god! So the guy that wrote this book, think um, he wrote dr- some Dragonlance novels. Dragonlance. What is that? Dragon, I think that Dragonlance is. Oh my god, I'm gonna be really screw this up now. Is it? <laughs> I'm gonna say like it's in the D and D universe, and it's totally not. <laughs> I just. It isn't. I don't. I, I, is it its own separate like book I'm series? To look yeah, it I did up. a few Dragonlance books as well as it looks like a few original James Bond movies, and even 
some choose and also around this time he was doing some choose your own adventure books for Star Trek. I wonder if he wrote the Batman Choose Your Own Adventure I had that came out the same year. Yes, sir. But yeah, like it's so fun to like when I see people and then I can't find them on suddenly you go to Amazon and you're able to see almost all their work and you can tell it's theirs because then the Transformers book will show up on it. <laughs> so you have to be careful because if some people have the same name, some of those have been merged sometimes because they don't know any better. Yeah. But this one I can tell because all the books are from the 80s. So. But, I remember Dragonlance. I'm looking at these like well, I, the, only, the books, the novels. So Yeah, my friends have always told me they're really good. All I know about Dragonlance is the horrible cartoon that came out for it that I watched like 10, 15 years ago. And it was so poor they were not able to make the other two parts of the trilogy into a cartoon because it sold so bad. I might have read a couple of these, but like, I didn't really get into these like pulp fantasy novels until I was, like in high school. There's there's no way I could even read them in order because they're in my library and some were lost, some were checked out. Like they're never in order on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he wrote uh, uh some GI Joe the Find Your Fate novels. He he wrote some of those. We've done one of those on here before, so I think he, he's done some of the GI Joe and the Transformers Find Your Fate. Uh, books, which are basically a way to say choose your own adventure without using the copyright yeah. choose your own adventure. It sounds like just a knockoff of choose your own adventure. <laughs> but yeah. It seems a lot of his Dragonlance are preludes to the actual or prequels to the actual Dragon uh, Dragonlance main novels. But yeah, he's also done a few original fantasy novels himself as well. It looks to be like three or four as well as a few kids books. But the one that I think is hilarious and a few westerns as well. And this one book looks so ridiculous. I'm I'm trying to figure out. Oh my god! Once choose your own adventure books was a wrestling choose your own adventure book. How does that even work? <laughs> but uh, oh my god! I have to. I love these covers are just so underappreciated. Okay, so before we, be, I, I have to bring these two because these just look so awesome. So one of the two books he did is called Wizards, Warriors, and You, book six. It says, play more than 20 role-playing adventures. I'm like, what? <laughs> I can't even tell what this is. Like, maybe there's only one review here will tell me about this book. Come on, reviewer, let me know. Oh, all they do is get stars. Well, F you then. Give us a link. Oh, here we go. So... So here's, uh, and the title is called Revenge of the Falcon Knights. Knights, Knights. So, <laughs> and then uh, I just, yeah, I just almost want to get that to see what it is. It almost looks like it's a role-playing game book, and I gave him a second link, too. This one is called Warrior Women of Weymouth, which is also a Wizards, Warriors, and You book as well. It almost looks like a choose-your-own-adventure book, but it says it's an RPG book. I would have to do more research about this book series because old books like this, Amazon's not going to have descriptions for. But I think that's kind of cool. So anyway, that's your pictures of that. Includes new spells and weapons. Oh, it probably is like if you attack somebody, do you want to use this weapon or spell? Turn to this page to see what happens kind of thing. Maybe. 
Maybe. I'm not really sure how that works. But uh but yeah, but this is a Transformers podcast, so <laughs> the one thing I thought was funny about this is I thought there was a ton of effects going on, like tons of sound effects mixed in with the background music that made it just seem like interesting to listen to the whole time. I had two questions about it. Maybe it says Cybertron is going to be smashed to pieces. I was like, from flying through space? I mean, what is it going to hit? It didn't actually say it was going to hit anything. Uh, they were the, the Autobots. I don't, I think this is just another element that was just added with this particular story where I guess the addition added here was that they were clearing out an asteroid field. Yeah. Oh, cause that's right. Cause they got to clear that out before they smash into it. While they were attempting to save Cybertron, the Decepticons were like, we want to fight. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's how. Okay. So what was the fate of Cybertron? That means four million years ago, Cybertron went by Earth. I mean, who knows what could have changed from that? Maybe our whole planetary orbit is different now. You know, aside from the fact they wiped out all the dinosaurs. So thanks, Transformers. I think it was funny that the Decepticons hopped on the Autobot ship when they were in the asteroid builder. That's the oldest trick in the book in, in Star Trek. I mean, that, that happens all the time, it seems. <laughs> you go into the asteroid field, and there's always some hiding there <laughs> yeah and somehow they can see you on their sensors but you can't see them on yours yeah. your yours just picks up asteroids because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one thing was weird is it says megatron picked himself off off the floor and i was like wait, wait who knocked him down because the whole previous page was optimus getting shot by starscream and, and everyone's like oh man we're lost without our leader and he gets back up and is like hey guys i'm good and everybody's like yeah now we're gonna win so then just immediately cuts to Megatron got off the floor. I was like, was there a missing thing there where someone knocked him down, Optimus shut him down after he got better? Like, that's all. It's more drama. <laughs> yeah. It's more dramatic to get up and have to, to fight again. Yeah. I do like how he's like, it's time for adventure, son. Uh, and I'm like, adventure means putting yourself in dangerous situations where you could die. Or, you know, since you're a ki- uh, this is a kid's adventure story, there's no threat of death when you're on an adventure. Dad, does this mean I have to have another adventure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I almost imagine, like, Sparkplug had his own adventures with other things when he was a kid, because he's like, time for an adventure, as if he's used to this sort of thing. <laughs> he's Bilbo Baggins? Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so what did you think, uh, Charlie? Did you enjoy listening to this? Yeah, it's just a stroll down memory lane. Uh, recapture that childhood feeling of these exciting audio tales. and Of course, they're never the same when you're an adult. <laughs> yeah, I would have I would have liked to own this again. Um, probably would have listened to it thousands of times like i have scooby-doo and all the others i have (laughs) Mm -hmm. thomas was it did you remember actually reviewing this a year and a half ago uh i'm gonna say no (laughs) yeah some of the elements that really stood out with the story didn't seem that familiar like it just seemed like it was just new stuff 
Um, oh, all I remembered was Bumblebee volunteering because uh, I remember one of us read him really like dorkly just because of that. <laughs> uh, I mean, and I guess going into this, I it just seemed like it was all going to be new content or new for me at least. But then uh, it just went into just another retelling of how the war, the war on Earth started. So I I did not expect to do another podcast episode where we're talking about the Decepticon Autobot origin story. <laughs> yeah. I remember we had, that's how, so this one we've read before, it did have that. Yeah. So this right. is like the sixth episode, seven episode, we've done a retelling of, well, not, we've covered a retelling of the Cybertron. Yeah. There's a, there's been three books, uh, Charlie, that have started with an origin before getting into the main origin itself. Of course. And then, of course, there's the origin on the cartoon. And then we also had a short story we read once, which was just how Cybertron was created, which was kind of hilarious. Do they all jive together, or are they just all... No, not in slightest. It's like... Stories. That's- sometimes, it's, sometimes it's like, well... Oh, Lord. The, the, the planet is traveling as the planet to come out of its orbit. And now they're going to hit, you know, asteroids. Or sometimes they're just out of orbit. Other times it's we're running low on fuel, so we got to go get fuel. Or we're running low on fuel, so we got to go get fuel. But then, oh my God, our ship is about to hit an asteroid. It is. <laughs> yeah. That kind of stuff. Hmm. But that, that bothers me. Like, whenever um, there's a definite story. Okay, you've got it. You've got it in a. Okay, this came over in an animated series first, right? It's like. You think you would stick to the canon of the story at least to try oh, to like? Oh, we have <laughs> stories for that. Oh my god! Because we uh, they There's did not so communicate well, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, they weren't able to communicate well with the people who did the comic books, the storybooks, the other the coloring books. There was like since they were trying to do everything fast and all at once, there was a lot of miscommunication or no communication between how characters should look like what certain things were. So there's a lot of stuff oh, the yeah. first year where everything is just so different and doesn't have any continuity between any of them. Oh yeah. I guess it's always like that the first season of something, but they probably were focusing on like, okay, let's get this over to America quick as possible to market these toys. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, this was a huge toy franchise. Like, well, Hasbro, I mean, they had Jado and they had, um, Jim, and it's just like another another big thing. I mean, you have to like advertise it well to just keep those toys mm-hmm. shipping, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> remember the Wheeled Warriors, JC and the Wheeled Warriors? I don't know who made the toys, like which company those were, Mattel or whatever. But I just remember how iconic those toys were. I, I remember seeing them. Maybe it's just nobody ever purchased them, actually. Did just sat on the shelves for years, but uh-huh. I like that one car with the green net thing on it. <laughs> like I would walk by that over and over at like Kmart or you know pick and mm-hmm. save. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually know who those this, that show is. Cause I didn't even know that show existed till like five years ago, ten years ago. My cousins had the toys, but I never just I never had a desire for the toys. I just looked at them. I thought they were. Mm-hmm. Eh, I, I recognized them. I was like, okay, yeah, it's Wheel Warriors, but yeah, I just never wanted those. 
So, uh, do you guys have any final thoughts on this? I do not. Hmm. No? Okay. Yeah. I thought there was a, it was well put together for this one. I like how they threw Earth's origin stories in there. Like, just... That's kind of random. Like, they crashed on Earth and probably killed the dinosaurs and then four million years it was quiet and now they emerged the Transformers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More than me, <the> I. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope we enjoyed listening to the audio cassette version of that. So we're going to sign off for now. I'm Sean, and this is Thomas, Charlie. Good night. Good night. <laughs>